you. Let me bring in Professor uh, Anand Menon, who's the Director of the UK in the Changing Europe. Good afternoon, Professor. Good afternoon, um, how are you doing? Let's, let's have a look at... I'm doing good, thanks. Uh, back from paternity leave, and, and some things haven't changed while I've been <laughs> off, including uh, what's been going on with Brexit. Let me just try and understand a prior question. A lot, lots of uh, what Chris was talking about was whether or not a deal will get through. Let's look at whether or not a deal should get through. How is Prime Minister Johnson's deal different from Prime Minister Theresa May's deal? Well, in several important respects, I think politically the flagship achievement that he's trumpeting is he's removed the Northern Ireland backstop, that insurance policy that covered the whole of the United Kingdom and essentially kept the UK in some kind of customs arrangement with the EU and also applying some EU laws. Now, what critics will say is that's great, you've got rid of the backstop, what you've done is you've provided Northern Ireland with a front stop, that's to say you've negotiated a set of arrangements for Northern Ireland that are substantively different to those for the rest of the UK and that is why for instance, the DUP are so angry because they now say, quite rightly, under the terms of this deal, you're going to have customs checks and regulatory checks between Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and that is bad for the union. Uh, the other thing that is worth stressing about Boris Johnson's deal is the fact that one of the reasons why he was so keen to renegotiate the backstop wasn't anything to do with Northern Ireland, was because he wants a significantly looser arrangement with the European Union going forward than the one Theresa May wanted. And this deal allows us to be more separate from the European Union and a greater distance from them in our future trading relations than we would have been under Mrs May's deal. OK, and Professor, let me just ask you uh, briefly before we go to the phones. Um, what is to stop January 2020 being yet another site of delay? I mean, this does seem like an interminable process. It does feel like the can is being kicked ever more down the road. What's to stop us getting to January the 19th, 2020, you know, a few months from now, and being in exactly the same position? What will it take to break this impasse? Well, we might well be in the same position. Bear in mind that we don't get to decide whether we have an extension or not. That's up to the European Union. Yes. So one question is whether or not they run out of patience with giving us extensions. Uh, but as Chris said, we are far closer to a majority for a Brexit deal now than we were at any point under Theresa May. But, and it's a big but, the question is what happens with this massive piece of legislation, the Withdrawal Agreement Bill. Chris was saying MPs are going to get a load of papers and read them. I don't think anyone's going to read them tonight because this, this document's going to be huge. And one of the problems that people like Oliver Letwin had with the Prime Minister's initial plan was you can't ram through a massive piece of legislation that is hugely constitutionally significant in two or three days. Parliament needs time to consider it properly. So, OK. Let's, um, thank you. For, you guys have done a sterling job. Let me, uh, let me go to the phones because Ian's on the line from Northamptonshire. Ian, good afternoon. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. What's your question for Chris and Professor Menon? Well, really, it's to do with the referendum, the second referendum option and the election option that seem to be the two sort of uh, the major contenders. Uh, what, how quickly can either of those be delivered and um, what difference does it make if it's an election or a referendum, if you see what I mean? Because I, I would favour an election over a referendum because it can be delivered much quicker than a referendum. OK, I mean, just worth saying, Prime Minister Tony, former Prime Minister Tony Blair, his response to that, and he's been influential in this debate, is that you don't solve a Brexit issue by having a general election. That's obviously people who say, well, you need an election to get rid of this rotten parliament. Briefly, if you would, Chris Mason first and then Professor Menon. Yeah, so those who want a second referendum, Ian, in the Commons don't have a majority for it yet. And their argument has always been privately that their best chance to strike is when 
every other option has been seen to be exhausted. And who knows, we might get there in this process uh, yet. As far as an election is concerned, um, the opposition parties who stopped one last month said that their reason for stopping it was they had to see a delay to Brexit. Well, that could well happen fairly soon. And if the government's attempts to get its Brexit plan through the Commons just run into the sand because they can't get a majority for it, then they may also conclude that the best bet is to go for an election where you would have Boris Johnson saying, vote for me and uh, I'll, I'll put this deal through. Uh, and you have Labour saying, vote for us and we'll try and get a better deal and then put it to a referendum. And, you know, you'd have the SNP saying that Brexit's bad for Scotland and all the rest of it. And, and that could happen relatively soon as well if, if we reach the point where, where the whole process is just bogged down. Yeah, exactly. Professor Menon, anything to add to that? Well, what I would say is the timing is crucial. It will take five weeks to have an election. It would take over 20 weeks to have a referendum. Mm -hmm. So if you want to sort this out quickly, then you need to have an election. But, as Tony Blair said, it's not necessarily the case that an election will sort anything out. And if I can leave you with this horrible prospect, it's perfectly conceivable we end up with an election that provides another hung parliament that is actually more divided on Brexit than this one because you can assume that the <laughs> stop, Tory stop party... Stop teasing us. This just sounds like a nightmare, <laughs> Professor Menon. But it's, it's perfectly conceivable... It never ends. That the, the Conservative Party return to parliament is more Brexity than this one because the 21 who've been expelled might not be there. And the Labour Party MPs that come back in are more remaining. So mm. you could end up with a more polarised parliament after an election and there's no guarantee that will unstick this process.